Yes, indeed. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies Thursday Night Throwdown. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy, KG, with the man that pays all the bills and keeps us nice and paid the boss, BJ. What's up? What's going on, brother? How you feeling tonight? Tired. Ready <laughs> to go home. I've been on assignment for two weeks now. Well, not not exactly two weeks, but it's been two weeks. So just tired, ready to get on this metal bird at tomorrow and head back home and see the family and everything, man. Yeah, because uh, I'm going to tell you this now. You miss back here, man. So we we, we all got to get together and do something and uh, get together and eat or something, man. Yo, yeah, for sure, man. We 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 going we're going to have to do something, man, because we look like we're going to have a Things go the way we think they're gonna go. We're gonna have an influx of good news. So, yes, indeed. Let's hope and pray. Yeah. Now, the first piece of news on our agenda today is a unanimous decision in MLB. Baseball is back starting April seventh. Uh, Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association reached an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement on Thursday, which is today, paving the way for the 2022 regular season to begin April 7th. The CBA was ratified by the owners with a unanimous vote of 30 to 0 on Thursday evening. If it is ratified, both sides must sign a memorandum of understanding. I ain't heard that in a long time. Yeah, Officially. <laughs> wow, that take, take you back. Officially bringing the three-month lockout to a close. The mandatory spring training report date for all clubs is Sunday. Exhibition games will begin on March 17th or 18th. Um, man, you you just don't understand how much bread was actually lost in this in this fight. But uh, I'm glad they came together and got it together. <sighs> how long is the the contract for? I don't, how long is it for? Shit, that is a good. The new five-year CBA includes five minimum years. increased minimum salaries, a new pre-arbitration bonus pool to reward the top young players in the game, a raise in competitive balance tax thresholds, the introduction of universal designated hitter. Yep, the National League is adopting the DH, so that's gonna mm -hmm. be interesting to see. Is always been an American League thing, right? So that's. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, they got the playoff expanding to 12 teams. Uh, limits to the number of times a player can be optioned to the minor leagues in one season. This is what I want to, you know, as more information comes out, a draft lottery to discourage tanking. I really want to know how that's going to – how they're going to put that together to discourage tanking it. And if it is something that might work, will it – be adopted in other leagues because we've seen teams in the NFL and you know NBA recently tanking to get certain players. We've seen it, you know, we've seen uh, Indianapolis do it to get Peyton Manning. Well, I don't. Mm, mm. Go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> man. You've been button heads the last last <laughs> couple shows. I'm not gonna say that. They butt hate. I mean, they tank to get Peyton Manning. Uh, that, if I'm not mistaken, that 97 year they went three and 13. They had Jim Harbaugh, but they had a rash of injuries. 
and that in those injuries depleted that team. They beat a good Miami team that year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat the shit out of Miami that year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say that they tanked mm-hmm. to get Peyton Manning, but it was a foregone conclusion. Because remember, it came down to a coin flip between San Diego, who had the Chargers at the time, and Indianapolis. And it was mm-hmm. a coin flip. And the coin flip gave Indianapolis the uh the number one pick. But it wasn't Peyton Manning they were looking at originally. It was Ryan Leaf because Ryan Leaf was listed at six seven, six eight, strong arm quarterback, had pocket awareness. We know what he turned out to be, but Peyton Manning wasn't really the top guy until they really got to him and they really looked at what he could do. So that was almost Ryan Leaf as the number one. Well, I would like to see the details of this rule. And they got a couple other rules that are kind of like um, can be implemented. It says, again, it includes a 45-day window for Major League Baseball to implement further rule changes, including a pitch clock, a ban on defensive shifts, larger bases. If that's something they do, it wouldn't take effect the 2023 season. So, um Good for baseball that they got, um, you know, got things worked out and uh, can get back to business and get back to the game a lot of people love. So, um, you know, hopefully both sides got what they want and, you know, we can move forward and not have to worry about this for another five years. It's going to be very interesting. Um, I wish we had the information on when the NBA and NFL CBAs ended because it's going to be very interesting to see how these CVAs are handled with the players doing what they're doing. Basically, you know, James Harden, their way out of two teams in the season, Ben Simmons themselves out of a team, you know, uh, I don't want to play here. I don't want to play here. It's going to be very interesting, you know, coming up to see how that's going to be handled. Because that has to be dealt with, unfortunately. And I know people probably think I'm a villain at this point, the way I talk about, you know, I'm for the players, but just not not what's happening. Um, I'm, I'm for the players having control and stuff, but it's going to be very interesting to see because uh, it's a lot of insider information going on around these parts. So... It's an inside joke if you looked at the last show. <laughs> if you haven't, go ch- go back and check that out. Yeah, for and sure. the Midnight Rider chiming in, he said they're trying to speed up the game. The thing is, Leave baseball has always been a slow, dragging game during the season. It's exciting, and it's, it's fast-paced. Opening day, right before the All-Star break, after the All-Star break, and the whole playoffs. I, I, I understand trying to speed the game up, but, I mean, sometimes – it's worked this long. It's two different games. If you go watch a baseball game in person versus watching it on TV, it's two different games. You know, I think more, you know, I don't want to speak for a baseball enthusiast because I'm not that. I think the baseball enthusiasts can sit at a game and enjoy that pace, enjoy it live. They can call a game in their head, you know, kind of like we can dissect football. I can watch football with no commentate or anything and just, you know, kind of 
work it out in my head. Then you have, you know, more of a casual fan with baseball like myself. I can enjoy watching on TV, having some good analysis, breakdown, what's going on, what's the strategy, why they're doing this, um, you know, why they're trying to match up with certain pitchers with certain hitters and stuff. You know, I enjoy listening to that. So um, leave it alone. Bigger bases. Just like, I mean, it, at this point, at this point, just – Make one big base, and if you touch first, you you know you already, you you automatically get the second and third. I mean, this is like uh, Midnight Rider said it's almost four minutes between pitches at times. Yeah, it it, it do get it do get kind of slow. But now, don't blame the pitches for that. You if you think back, no more Garcia Parr. He take a cold strike. He got the back off. He got the Get his gloves right. Got to adjust his jock. Got to shake. You know, he no more Garcia Parr was like the slowest hitter. Like I hated watching that dude bat. And I'm like, dog, please hurry up. But you got batters that step out of the batter's box. Got to adjust themselves. Got to tighten up their gloves. Then do the this. You got to get back ready and mm-hmm. get their gloves together. Yeah, it, it's uh, it would be interesting to see how that would affect hitting offense. Defense, you know, just that because it's like you, you got time to get yourself together. But now, if you got a little bit of pressure behind you, and you have to get this pitch off, and you have you know forty five seconds, whatever it's going to be, it, it's going definitely going to speed up the game. Cause what is a baseball game? Three hours. Three and a half. Yeah. So you know, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be uh definitely going to be interesting. Now, see, this is right here. Freddie Freeman. Hmm. In a perfect world, I mean, the Nats would open up the pocketbook. His salary in, shoot, 2016 was $12 million. I mean, the dude's worth money. He's 32 years old. How much money are you willing to spend? How much money are the Nationals willing to spend for Freddie Freeman? That's the question. But, hell, I love first baseman in New York. Pinstripes look good on the kid. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna win shit. Oh, come on, baby. Don't hate 27 times, baby. Two seven. Now go ahead and say how many they won in your lifetime. You remember that time that I called you like at two in the morning when Aaron Boone hit that dag on home run? I don't think you talked to me for a week after that. I probably didn't. Mm -hmm. Because you was upset. You was watching the game. Oh, yeah, I was watching it. My yeah. my mama was mad because I was yelling so hard, but it's cool though. Let's move on. What we got on next? Oh, and NBA the Midnight Rider says uh NBA expires 23-24 and um NFL 20-30. So, but NFL <clears throat> I think the NBA got it way worse than the NFL. And NFL yeah. <laughs> it's not a players league, but it, the NBA has some things to address. Really do, because they you can't keep, you know, it, it, and it's unfair to some of the organizations like your Washingtons of the world where nobody wants to, nobody wants to go play in Washington. Nobody wants to play in Portland. Nobody really wants to play in Utah. They drafted their team, right? I say that all the time. You, you live in these markets where nobody wants to go. You have to draft your team. Um, you know, nobody really wants to go to Denver. You know, um, 
you know, Giannis made a, a, a promise to win where he, where he, you know, got drafted and he did that. So, but it's, it's several teams where the destination, it's just not a great destination. And then you have players that hold these teams hostage. And if they do get rid of these players or cut them, they're stuck with the bill as far as their contracts. Mm-hmm. Now, in James Harden's situation, once a player declares they don't want to play for a team no more, that should, your contract should be voidable. It shouldn't be on the, the team no more because unless the team did something egregious to warrant you not one, like, you know, you heard the, like the Clippers, for instance, you heard the owner say a racial slur, you know, and you're offended by it. If it's something really serious, then okay. But not just want to play anymore. Like, this ain't working out. I don't want to play. All right, you forfeit that money. Forfeit that max. Mm-hmm. And the team, it doesn't count against it, so they can just void it. Just like we were talking about Calvin really um, yesterday, you know, if the Falcons are able to void his contract because he, he did breach. I'm pretty sure he breached his contract. So it, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right around the corner. The NBA yeah. got some issues they're going to have to take care of. The NFL is um, – they have some of the similar – some similar issues, but not as bad as the NBA does. But the NFL doesn't have – the NFL is not as much of a player league as the NBA. The, the players in the NBA control a lot of what goes on, but they also have – Adam Silva is a great commissioner, and he learned from one of the best in all the four sports in uh, David Cern. So Adam Silver, I, I love him. And I wish Roger Goodell would have learned something from um from Paul uh, Tagliabu. Because the working relationship Paul Tagliabu had with Gene Upshaw, we didn't have a stoppage to play during the 25 years those guys worked together. We didn't have it. You know? And I agree with you, Midnight Rider. You can't keep paying bums. You can't. Uh <laughs> BJ is his pro owner. My goodness, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't mean, say pro owner, but <laughs> he makes I mean, a good point, though. Bo- I see it from both sides. I, you know, the players should have a choice of where they want to go because, in the players' defense, you have some of these franchises that have no interest in winning, right? And if, if a, fan- a franchise is proven that to you, then fine. You know, you go somewhere. Nobody wants to – this isn't the 80s and the 70s, the 90s, you know, NBA no more where you drafted to a team and you basically stuck in that team until your contract is done. It's not that anymore. So, yes, like like the big guy KG always says, it's like, you know, you, you, know, you got to go by today. You can't go by yesteryear as far as what the rules are. Okay, fine, I get that. But then you have Washington and you have Bradley Bill, which in my opinion – He's been holding his team hostage for the last three years. And now reports are coming out is that he wants to go play in Philadelphia. How true they are, I don't know. You know, we can't confirm confirm the source. But if he does walk, that leaves Washington with nothing, and they drafted this kid. And instead of him being truthful and saying, hey, I don't want to play here anymore, he he don't have to say it in public. He could have said it to Tommy Shepard behind closed doors. Now you you leave here with nothing because he's going to make the most money here signing uh, his max deal. It'll be an extra $60 million, 
versus and, and I can I can see him just walking and leaving that sixty million on the table and not giving not Washington not getting anything. So that's a whole nother podcast. We already sixteen minutes in. Let's stick to what we got to talk about. So what what's next on the agenda? Well, this will be the meat and potatoes of the show. We had blockbuster trades in the NFL today. Well, yesterday and today. Um, I had to sleep on the first one. The first one, uh, Carson Wentz coming from the Colts to the Washington Commanders for the Colts will receive a third round pick in 22 and 23. Um, the third round and 23 can become a second round selection if Wentz, Wentz plays 70% of Washington snaps. Um, along with Wentz came a second round pick in 22. And we also got a seventh round pick here in Washington, but here's the, here's the downfall to that. Carson Wentz is due $28 million, which includes a $5 million roster bonus, which is due next week. And Washington is responsible for all of that money this season. I think that, uh, I don't think he's going to get that. I think they, that roster bonus. I think that they're going to restructure that. But yeah, but he's going to get it. It just may not be all of the 5 million, but here's the problem. Washington had $33 million in cap space to sign possibly a Bobby Wagner, um, possibly a Honey Badger. You know, but they had this money. Now that money is all tied up because $28 million of that is going to Carson Wentz this season. Now, if Washington made this trade, I thought that – um. The picks were a little too high. Then you know, after you digest it a little bit for Carson Wentz, somebody that's proved like anytime you have to have a clause that, hey, this could be a second round pick if he plays seventy percent. I think the third round picks were a little high, especially when Khalil Mack just went for a second and a, a six. I don't think <laughs> I don't think Carson Wentz is worth that much. But when you're a team desperate for a quarterback, and uh, I think the commander's Super Bowl odds actually went down after the trade. It so, but, but here's the thing, and it's something that commander fa- commander fans shouldn't be worried about because if this guy can play before he got hurt in Philly, the Super Bowl season, he was playing MVP numbers. I everybody got every look. I understand the jokes and the memes; they're funny, but if you look at it for, from a football side. And you're your destination nobody wants to come to. Russell Wilson invoked his no trade calls not to come here. So it's something you have to think about. You kinda can you kinda gotta get what you can get. Um you know no restructure keeping her on ramp you know, moving in a year. Yeah. I mean it, it, they should restructure him. I think if they if they made the trade without talking to his agent to restructure, I think that's just a one of them things you talk of is something only Washington only Washington can do, you know. Um, but yeah, if you if you can get Carson Wentz to play at what he, I mean, he didn't play bad last year, didn't play great, um, but if you could get him, you know, back on track. And then, like the Midnight Riders say, at 11, now you can go a, go get a dynamic playmaker. Now, you might have something. But it's, it's, a, it's a gamble. 
it's a gamble. We know what Carson Wentz can do if he's healthy. Um, but we also know he can't stay healthy. That's one of his big issues. So, but this is this is what happens when you're a desperate team. Nobody wants to come to. Like, you know, big guy KG said Bobby Wagner and the Honey Badger, they don't want to come here. Not at all. Professor Lucky even said they said, man, we're not getting them. Yeah, they they who wants to that and I was saying that the other day, who wants to come here? If all if you got this dark cloud all over the organization, you already had a cloud over the organization because you're not winning. Now you got another cloud rolling because you got one of the worst stadium experiences in the league, one of the worst stadiums in the league. You got that cloud. Then you got the whole debacle with Deshaun Taylor ceremony last year, and right before that, it seemed like it was a cover up for the sexual allegations that was happening here. It's like a, it's like a total shit show. So if you're a player, why do you want to come answer questions about that? Now, something else pop off, especially if you're Russell Wilson and you're the leader of the team, you got to answer questions on that. You got to speak on that. Nobody wants to speak. Nobody wants to deal with all that. So Washington, I think they paid a little bit too much for Wentz. But in their situation, it's probably – the price they had to pay because I think their their package for Russell Wilson was way better than what Denver sent. He just didn't want to play here. Exactly. Now, I understand what the Midnight Rider is saying. This is why they had to trade for Wentz. I get that. But the numbers did not work out. The numbers for Russell Wilson didn't work out. I was like, okay, why trade for Russell Wilson? You know, we got he just signed a huge contract. Huge. Or as Mr. Tony used to say, huge hunk contract. But Carson Wentz, his base salary this year is $20 million and $1, which I think is kind of funny. His roster bonus is $6,294,118 for a total, a total of $28,294,119 with a dead cap number of $15 million. But then on top of that, if he stays on the roster next year, he gets a base salary of $20 million with a $6 million, um, a $6 million uh, roster bonus. 2024, $21 million with a, another $6 million roster bonus. He is going to count 26 and $27 uh, million against the cap the next two years. That's a lot of money to play for a quarterback who last season led Indianapolis to a nine and eight record. And granted, he played, he started and played 17 straight games, uh, completed 62.4% of his passes, 3,563 yards for an average of 6.9 per pass, 27 touchdowns over seven interceptions with a 94.6 rating. Yeah, that's pretty much what we had in Heineke. I mean, damn near. Let me pull up Heineke stats. What's going on, Keefe from the block, brother? Hope everything good with you and the fam, man. We we trying to break down this Wentz trade right now, and it don't look too good. But let me pull up Taylor Heineke and see what we working with. While you pulling up Taylor Heineke, I, I just – I don't think Carson Wentz is going to get – unless he – I think he's going to get restructured because, like, why put yourself in cap purgatory – with one trade and you need a couple other things. You still got other players that 
you know, you need to resign. Hmm. So I just, I just, you know, if, if they traded for him and they didn't work out something with that agent before, like, hey, we, you know, he needs to be restructured. Maybe we can give him more money up front or whatever. It's just going to be like head scratching. Like it's it's head scratching now because I know with this team anything's possible. Let me let me say this: you got Taylor Heineke last year, twenty twenty one. He played sixteen games, started fifteen, um, completed sixty five percent of his passes, three thousand four hundred and sixteen yards, average of six point nine per pass, twenty touchdowns over fifteen interceptions, rating of eighty five point nine. Now he was sacked thirty eight times. But didn't we just trade for the 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 same uh, uh, quarterback? Just basically, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz's career is built off of that 2016 season. That's what it's built off of. And really and truly, it was Nick Foles that took them the distance. He did. Yes, yes, he did. But up until that point, he was an MVP frontrunner. So, yeah, until he tore so, his ACL. So, so what? I don't agree with you. What you said, they're not the same quarterback. Wentz has a stronger arm, and I think he can make more plays. Okay, hold on. Physically, no, they're not the same quarterback. Statistically, they're the same quarterback. Statistically, we're looking at the same thing: thirty-five hundred yards, six point nine, and I, I fit. Where's my pen at? Where's my god daggone pen? I feel like I just read off the exact same <laughs> daggone stats. Only thing different is the QBR. That's it. And, I mean, granted, Heineke was essentially a rookie the last year. This is basically his rookie year, the first time he got to start. And I, and I agree with you. One, and one, one thing you got to take into consideration is that T.Y. Hilton missed a lot of games. I'm trying to see how many games he played last year. Uh, he missed most of the season. He had a, a spinal cord injury. Yeah, that, and that's what I'm saying. He he only had 23 receptions. So, you know, imagine if he had T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, and he did have a uh, – what's the uh, cat that they're running back? Of course, I'm not in football most. I can't remember they're running back. I know who you're talking about. Um, and, oh, shit. He had a, a hell of a season. He did. Um and I agree with the Midnight Rider. He has zero dead money the next two years. That's why you don't restructure. Uh, Keith says, I think Washington gave up too much. I agree with that, and so do you. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, so um, Carson Wentz is way better than Taylor Heineke, and you going from one year. Oh, I can only go from what, what's given to me. I'm talking about Taylor Heineke versus Carson Wentz last season. I'm going from, from what's given to me. So, and... and so Jonathan Taylor, 1,800 yards rushing, 18 TDs, 40 receptions, 360 yards off of that. So Jonathan Taylor was working last year in the backfield. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they were talking about him uh, possibly eclipsing 2,000 last year. Yeah. They thought he was going to hit 2,000. So if you, if you got a back running like that on 332 attempts, you're not going to really get too much passing. You know, like I said, if, if – he has T.Y. Hilton. I think his numbers go up. Hmm. T.Y. Hilton's a thousand yard receiver on accident. True. That is true. You know, so um, I think I understand what you're saying about the stats, but I think Wentz's ceiling is way better because if Wentz comes in here 
we we can't say Taylor Heineke has had an MVP type season. We can't. He, he doesn't have that. You're 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 hoping just like the Wizards, just like the Wizards have had to do, just like what they're doing with Porzingis. We hope we can get the unicorn back. We hope he can stay healthy. This is what we have to do as a franchise because nobody wants to come here and play. And that's where the commanders are now. We have to – we got to roll the dice, and we, we we can hope that this guy can come in. Like I said, he, mobile, no. He's not better than Heineke. Arm and head-wise, as far as seeing the defense and stuff, it's Wentz. Now, can Wentz come in here, stay healthy on, on the commander's field, because we know how that feel is. We know how that feel is, okay? Can he stay healthy? And then can you get Curtis Samuel back healthy? Can you get, you know, now can you really see what you can get out of Terry McLaurin? Because he hasn't had a quarterback his entire time here. That's true. His that entire true. time here. He, he looks like he could be an elite receiver, but he just hasn't had the quarterback to, like, give him a consistent – ball and he led the league last year in 50 50 balls so from a rookie in central rookie quarterback so you know it's nothing against taylor heineke if you go back to the shows and listen to it i love him you know unfortunately for him it's just every time he gets a chance to get the rug gets pulled out from underneath him he hasn't really had a chance to like show it and go and uh you know if you start him again this year you know who knows but right, Washington wants to win now. It's understandable, but um, we're just talking about if Wentz can stay healthy, and that's that's the big thing. If, if Wentz can stay healthy, if Wentz can stay healthy, we're talking about maybe How many Washington. Wins? If he can stay healthy, mm-hmm. if he can stay healthy with the shit show that's down in Dallas, the shaky ground that's up in Philadelphia. And the outhouse is up in New Jersey. I say 11. I was thinking 10 to 11, but then I'm like, yeah, he's going to wind up giving way to Taylor Heineke. And Taylor Heineke, I'm not saying he can't do it because he he can do it. I believe he can. But he may get another chance. I hope it's not early in the season, but he may take over this team by week 15. Well, I mean, I hope I hope not. I mean, because you didn't you didn't get to see what Fitzpatrick could do because he got hurt the first game. Yeah, and I'm not bringing him back now for ten million. That's a, we don't have enough money to bring they, Fitzpatrick they, back. They're talking about Buffalo bringing him back. So that's for what? Because they're gonna need a backup tri- uh, quarterback once whoever go get Trubisky. You know, Trubisky and Mariota seem like they're hot hot duty right now. Open mm. hot doo doo. So, the the season we're talking about is the seventeen season. Uh, Wentz went eleven and two, sixty percent, thirty two hundred yards, uh, thirty three TDs, seven interceptions. He was the MVP front runner, and then he got hurt. Mm-hmm. But so, his thing, he hasn't touched that type of play. Now he was eleven and two as a starter. Then the year before that, his rookie year, he was seven and nine. Then the year after that, five and six, nine and seven, three, eight and one, and then last year, nine and eight. Okay. And then all his best season, seven interceptions. 
Yeah, I mean, he makes the next, next season seven interceptions, seven interceptions. He makes 20. great decisions, that, and that's what I'm saying. That that's that's going to be. You haven't had a quarterback here, a, a decision making, powerful arm quarterback here in a minute. Who? Who? So Kirk Kirk, Kirk, Kirk wasn't a great decision maker. No, no, no. I'm talking about in the last five years. Well, Kirk didn't leave. It's been less than five years. Has How long has Kirk been? Kirk been gone. He. This is only. He's only been gone four. Okay, last four years. Okay, last four years. Yeah, now I agree with that. But here's my thing. You said something earlier. Why do we got to keep shaking the dice in, in Washington, hoping that this guy can come in, hoping this guy can do it? We got to shake the dice, see if this guy can do it. Yes. I've been shaking the dice on quarterbacks since 1994. I've been sh- I shook the dice on Heath Shuler, who couldn't call the plays in the huddle, so Brian Mitchell had to call the plays. I shook the dice on Gus Farratt, who actually led us to a winning record, but we didn't make the playoffs. I shook the dice on Rich Gannon, John Freeze, um, Brad Johnson, who led us to the playoffs. I shook the dice on Tony Banks, Jason Campbell. I shook the dice on all these people. I shook the dice on RG3, and that was my quarterback for the longest because I believed in him. I can't keep shaking the dice on guys hoping that they're going to be the franchise quarterback that we need them to be. Well, we 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 going because we, we got to talk about um we got to talk about the next trade, but um one you've had really bad leadership front office the last 20 years. If you go back and look at the, the drafts this team's had and who who's they who they missed on, it, it, you know that's why you got to keep rolling the dice. And now, oh, just over, let's just 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 go over the last season. Everything I named. Why do you want to come here if you're a player? Yeah, but I mean, you now you can go get that and go win. Yeah, yeah. It's teams because salaries here, are booming. It's teams out here that, you know, everybody's running to restructure right now that is going to have cap space that you could actually win. Man, maybe sip a margarita on the beach. You don't have to be in Washington with bad weather, a, fall, a stadium falling apart. You know, it, why? Why do I want to do this? And like I said, insider information. Who's not saying that, you know, Players are like, hey man, don't come here. You know, what if, what if, what if somebody's close with Landon Collins that was thinking about coming here, and and they talked to him like, man, they treated me like dirt, man. Nah, don't go there. I'm just saying, you know, it's just. Let me let me just to in this this part of the segment and move on to the next trade. Landon Collins' biggest mistake was coming here, signing here, thinking he was going to wear 21. After that, everything else went downhill. Once he thought he was going to wear 21 and that was going to be okay, especially with this fan base, knowing what 21 means to the fan base, everything was downhill after that. It seemed like it never got off the ground. Now, I wanted him here. I wanted him here badly. But this is I didn't think he would play like this. I thought, you know, hey, he's going to be what we need. It's not his fault. No, it's not. He he was play, he played out of position most of the time here. And, That's and what 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 week did they realize? Hey, this guy might be playing out of position. 
was it eight, eight? seven or eight mm-hmm. and, and that's what i'm talking about it's just like hey, it from y'all scouting this dude saying like yeah we're we gonna sign this guy so you telling me from all y'all signing him y'all didn't know that he couldn't he was a box safety and not a free safety to play over the top. So you, you, that that's what I'm saying. That's that's Washington's fault. You spend that type of money on a guy, and you don't understand how to use him. That's not Landon Collins' fault. Yeah, he got burnt, but he was he's not that type of safety. He's a he's a safety where he 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 can hover over right behind the linebackers. He's a drop down them. safety. Blitz, like uh, mm-hmm. what's the boy name that can't get an interception? Jamal Adams. Yeah. Blitz, you know, you you know, throw him around, but then you need a high safety that can cover sideline and sideline. Because that's where Bobby McCain comes in, and that because you you if 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 Landon Collins, we're going way off in, into the rabbit hole. If Landon Collins is down in the box, you need somebody that could cover sideline and sideline, like twenty one could, right? You know, you you know, so. But to to bring him in for the amount of money they did and expect what they expected and then not make that change. We were every week we did this podcast, we was like, why is this guy in the secondary where he is? Why? Why? Why do we have to say that? In week seven, somebody said, hey, you know, it might be a good idea. I heard this podcast and they said, let's put him in the box. Let's try that. Like the team, like I, I don't. The team, they got some issues. Let's move on. Well, blockbuster trade number two, up two in the last two days. And um, this one pissed me off, man. <laughs> the Chicago Bears. I think the trade is final. It won't be official till next week. But um, six-time Pro Bowl defensive end Khalil Mack will be going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Reported by ESPN's Adam Schefter. Um, the Chargers are expected to send a 2022 second round draft pick and a 2023 six rounder, a second and a six to the Bears for in return for 31 year old Matt. The deal marks the fag- first major move for new Bears general ra- manager Ryan Poles, who was hired in January, also reunites Matt with the defensive player of the year in 2016 with Chargers coach Brandon Staley. Staley was Matt's linebackers coach when the Bears acquired him from the Raiders. In September 2018, here's my thing, and I'm going to let you have this. Khalil Mack, at one point in time, was considered one of the most feared defenders in the league. Um, This man is being traded back and forth. Like, this is jail, and they trade him for nothing. The Raiders gave up on him and got nothing in return. The Bears just gave up on him and really got a second and a six. Like, this dude is at least worth a one and two twos. I mean, at the least, that's just at the least. What's your thoughts on this? Well, I get what you're saying. You know, it definitely raises some eyebrows when you see somebody like um, Khalil Mack getting traded like, you know, like he is. Um, But I mean, six sacks. He got six sacks last year, nine a year before eight and a half. His first year in Chicago, 12 and a half. 
Um, so, I mean, I haven't heard anything saying that, you know, like he's a troublemaker or um, anything like that. Haven't heard anything. Um, just real quick, if you're a Buffalo fan, though, this, like, this has to piss you off because this is the second time Mac has been traded. And a pass, you're a pass rusher away from maybe getting over that hump. And this is the second time Khalil Mack has been shipped off. Now, the Chargers understand the assignment. The Chargers got to deal with Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr. Okay? We talked about that. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or we talked about it on one side. We talked so much. But you're talking about teams that the charge is probably what seventy percent of their offense is passing. The the Raiders are probably in the sixties. The Broncos are now gonna probably be in the sixties when you talk about the percentage of their offense is going to pass. Hey, we need to get to the damn quarterback. We need to get to the quarterback. Now you got both on one side and Mac on the other side. Like that's not even fair. Bosa's already a force to deal with. Now you can't even double team him because you got Mac on the other side. How it should be here in Washington. They haven't got it quite together yet. How to figure that out. Um, but they should have, have the same setup with the guys they have. So, you know, as a Buffalo fan, I'm just like, hello, you know, y'all on vacation. Like, what the hell is going on? Um, but, you know, the player has to want to come to the, the, you know, to the team. The team has to want them. So, you know, uh, it is what it is. I think I think the Chargers think they got a, a shot, bro. I think they I think they got a shot. I think the Chargers think they have a shot to get out of the West. I, I, with Herbert, a quarterback, and the receivers they got, I think they – they really I, – I, I just – like I told Delonte yesterday, Russell Wilson going to the Broncos, he can't get out of his own division in Seattle. He can't get out of his own division in Seattle. <laughs> who's, mm, who's, mm, in, who's in the Seahawks division? It's the – Arizona, 49ers. the 49ers, and the Rams. So you just left that. You went from being tops to being the shit. They wasn't even the third best team this no, year. They were the fourth best. They were the fourth best team in that division. Probably, uh, they look like they're going to be the third best team there. Like to Washington's credit, like, like I, I did. I would love to see what the Broncos Super Bowl favorites were after Super Bowl odds were after they traded for Russell Wilson, but it's just like. You went to that division to fight with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert? Like, dude, you got your work cut out for you. Now, I will say this about Justin Herbert. Uh, he Take the pressure off of him this next season because people you – know, what, what always happens when you have a, phen- a phenom at quarterback? And Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, those guys are phenoms. Lamar Jackson, phenom. Once you figure those guys out, you have to switch up what you do and do more that they're not ready for because everybody's got you figured out. They they got tape on you now. When they don't have tape on you, 
you're dominant. Once they get tape on you, you can still be good. But once they get tape on you, that's it. You oh. have to come up with something different. You have to. And I think Herbert and Burrow are going to come out this year and they're going to sling it. Um, I think the AFC West is going to turn into what the AFC North was about three, four years ago, where it's just like it's a black and blue division where everybody just beat the hell out of everybody. They beat the hell out of each other, but then they go through and they they all finish with winning records. It's going to be what the NFC East used to be. It's going to be the new black and blue division, but not because of running or, 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 or defense. They're just going to beat you because they're, they're complete teams over there. And I, I really like Denver. Denver is a good team. Russell Wilson helps out in Denver, but Justin Herbert, he got himself a baller on defense. Khalil Mack, he going to make some noise. Yep. Hey, man, let's uh go to the last last part of this show. Last part. Um, Unfortunate incidents out in L.A. Even Magic Johnson had to speak out on this to Laker Nation. People are sending death threats to one Russell Westbrook. Um, His family, he said he didn't even want his kids to come to the game because people were calling him out of his name. And everybody went, oh, man up. They just calling you Westbrook because he you can't hit the broad side of a barn and this, that, and the third. Still, you got to realize this man has young kids. He doesn't have kids like me, BJ. He has young kids. He doesn't have a, these older kids that, you know, they know this is a part of the game. You have young kids and you're doing this. You know, you, you kind of putting them in a bad predicament. Now, granted, Russell Westbrook has not played like himself this season. Um, in my opinion, too much jump shooting because that's not his thing. Rebound. And Magic John said, he said, I expected him to rebound, go coast to coast, slam that thing home. Or I expected him to get the ball in the wing, put the ball on the floor and go to the lane. Yeah, we're seeing too much jump shooting from him. And... You know, it's got a lot of fans upset, but I don't give a damn what the man does. It's nothing in this world that could upset you to the point, uh, uh, upset you in a sports game to the point that you threaten a man's life and his family. That's a punk move right there. I agree, brother. Um, I hope that they can track who sent it, who sent them, the people that sent them. And um, jail time is involved because it's like, you know, like, you know, every show or not every show, but I always defend the fan. Like you have a right to feel the way you want to feel about your team. You have a right to express, you know, your displeasure if your team isn't living up to its standards. Um, you know, this is one of those championship or bus teams. And you have every right to, you know, Boo and everything else, but when you start crossing that line, you're a terrorist now. You're you're a domestic terrorist, and you should be treated as such. And I don't I don't care for Russell Westbrook at all, but death threats are way too far, too far. I think that um, I think this season has been a experience like no other for Russell Westbrook. You know, 
everywhere he's been, he's been successful except here. And this is his dream destination. And, you know, as a, you think of as a human being, you know, that I know that has to, that has to hurt. That has to sting a lot that, you know, he, you know, he hears the, the podcast and ESPN and Fox and, you know, everybody, you know, blaming him for what's going on, but that gives nobody a right to send him, his family death threats um, at all, you know? And, and the crazy thing is like the Lakers is that destination where everybody wants to go and they, you know, the fans, the broadcasters, the former players that they hold that team to a higher standard. Like the Lakers are not supposed to be losing, and if they are losing, if they are all four season, then we're gonna we're gonna fix it and make some trades to get it back on track. That's how the Lakers have always been. Lakers might be mediocre for a couple of years, but then that mediocre turns into championships, and that's what they're used to. It's like, you know, Big Jim can tell you, you know, you used to winning championships and seeing greatness. Like we're not talking about. You know, uh, I, I don't even – I can't even compare a team. But, oh, just like they're trying to compare uh, uh, Embiid and Harden to Shaq and Kobe. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's like that's a different level of greatness that you guys, you know, ain't nowhere near achieving yet. Y'all got a long ways to go before we even talk about that. But – it's just certain franchises, the Yankees, the Lakers, the Canadians, the Montreal Canadiens, in case you don't know who I'm talking about, Hendrick Motorsports, you know, it's just like, you know, these these guys expect championships. Richard Childress racing, I'm not missing a couple of them. Um, NFL, San Francisco's, the um, – the Patriots. The Patriots now. Um, the Steelers. The Steelers. Thank you. I'm drawing blanks. The Steelers. Like these are fran. These are historic, historically good franchises. You know, they might have an off season or two, but they don't have an off twenty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're not disappearing into the abyss for twenty years. They're too good of a franchise, so. They're willing to take risks to be better and stuff, but uh, back to what we were saying, yeah, this that has to. They have to make examples out of people. They really do. Like everything across the board, not just the death threats to Russell Westbrook. Everything happening, you know, false allegations. You have to start making examples out of people for this stuff to stop. So, I agree one hundred percent. And you also have to realize. When you cross that line and you threaten somebody's life, you threaten their family's lives, you open up a can of worms and you kind of open up the other side of that person. And they can't be responsible for what happens. So, I mean, hey, who am I? Just a podcaster. That's all. But chill with that just because teams lose and all that it ain't got nothing to do with you hooping and hollering and yelling and threatening people's lives be careful because everybody ain't cool calm and collected and if i'm not mistaken brody is connected and when i say connected you know what i mean be careful what you do so well 
that's all our time. Um, last thing before we get out of here, which is kind of crazy to me, young lady is suing Jerry Jones for allegedly being her biological father. Um, her mom couldn't say anything because she had to keep it under wraps because of confidentiality agreement. I don't know what this young lady expects to get. I don't know if she expects to tap into Jerry Jones's uh fortune, but uh allegedly Jerry got a baby mama, so uh we'll keep up with that because it's gonna be swept up under the rug. So I guess this is the only podcast that's gonna keep up with it, just like the money that he paid the cheerleaders to keep quiet about what happened in the locker room. So we shall see. We shall see. But until next time, that's the boss, BJ. I'm the big guy, KG, and tonight we got it right. You see what that ticker said at the bottom of the screen. It say, wrap that shit up, B. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Hold on. I got to get us out of here. Up, up, up. Now, we are out of here. <laughs>